First of all, I will never work in a relationship. And I don't think anybody should work in a relationship. I think if you're working in a relationship, something is not clicking. Something is not right. But welcome to the School of Greatness. My name is Lewis Howes, a former pro athlete turned lifestyle entrepreneur. And each week we bring you an inspiring person or message to help you discover how to unlock your inner greatness. Thanks for spending some time with me today. Now let the class begin. Welcome to this special masterclass. We've brought some of the top experts in the world to help you unlock the power of your life through this specific theme today. It's going to be powerful. So let's go ahead and dive in. I don't know about you, but when around 3 p.m. hits, I find myself craving the right refreshment to get me through that mid-afternoon slump. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea is full-flavored sweet tea, but without the sugar and the calories. It might take several bottles for you to believe that a delicious sweet tea can really have zero sugar and zero calories. But you know what they say, life is full of surprises. Or in this case, full of flavor. New Pure Leaf Zero Sugar Sweet Iced Tea. Try it to believe it. For 20% off your next 12 pack head to amazon and use promo code 20 pure leaf that's promo code 20 p-u-r-e-l-e-a-f for 20 percent off We've all been there. You have a question about your credit card. You call the number for help and can't get a hold of anyone if you only had a Discover card. With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. A real person. Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Okay, quick math. The less your business depends on operations, on multiple systems, on delivering your product or service, the more margin you have and the more money you keep, obvious. But with higher expenses on materials, employees, distribution, and borrowing, everything costs more. So to reduce costs and headaches, smart businesses are graduating to NetSuite by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, HR into one platform and one source of truth. With NetSuite, you reduce IT costs because NetSuite lives in the cloud with no hardware required, accessed from anywhere. You cut the cost of maintaining multiple systems because you've got one unified business management suite, and you're improving efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move. So do the math. See how you'll profit with NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash greatness. netsuite.com slash greatness. Again, head to netsuite.com slash greatness. I have a couple of theories about relationships that I think are really important, and I, I use the same exact principles with my life. Uh, first of all, I will never work in a relationship, and I don't think anybody should work in a relationship. I think if you're working in a relationship, something is not clicking. Something is not right. But if you bring your best and the person that you're with brings their best and you celebrate your life together, then there's, there's constructive interference, there's growth, there's energy. If you're not at your best and you show up, more than likely you're going to pick someone or something apart and it's better that you remove yourself 
for a period of time and get back into your heart mm. and present yourself at your best. And so if you're not there and you need a mirror or a reflection, then it's good to ask, am I missing something? Am I not seeing myself in some way? And then there's a healthy conversation when you invite it. But if you're not invited to contribute your opinion, then it's better off that you don't, right? Mm. So people always say, I want a loving relationship, but what they really want is happiness, really. So we, we do these meditations uh, to create love in our lives. And, and it could be love in uh, familiar relationships with your siblings, it could be with your parents, it could be with your friends, or it could be with a significant other. And so if thoughts are the electrical charge in the quantum field, and feelings are the magnetic charge in the quantum field, and how you think and how you feel broadcasts an electromagnetic signature that influences every single atom in your life. Mm. The thought sends a signal out, and the feeling is the magnetic field that draws the event back to you. Right. So if you're not in a place where you're in love with life, or in love with yourself, or practicing diminishing your emotional reactions to certain people or conditions in your life, and you're living in anger or hostility or judgment or fear, and you want a loving relationship, there is no magnetic field for you to draw that to you. Hmm. And in fact, if you say to me, well, it's that person or that circumstance that's caused me to feel this way, then I would say, you mean that person or that circumstance is controlling the way you feel and the way you think. And anything that controls the way we feel and the way we think, we are victims to, right? So most people are unconsciously responding to the conditions in their environment, experiencing emotions that are derived from the hormones of stress. Those emotions cause us to feel separate from our dreams. They heighten our senses, mm. so if we can't see them, it doesn't exist. The threat or the danger puts us in emergency mode. And we can think positively about the relationship we want. We could send the signal out into the field. We could have pictures. We could, have, we could remind ourselves of what it is. But if you're not drawing the experience back to you because your response to the environment is actually weakening your organism, it's mm. weakening your response, is actually weakening the body, then you will be, as a victim, more vulnerable to the conditions in your environment, whatever large or small. And I'm talking about microorganisms as well. So if you wanted a true relationship where it was fundamentally based on this concept called love. Now let's talk about that because we practice this a lot in the work that we do. If you could truly begin to practice trading those survival emotions mm -hmm. every day for elevated emotions and you practiced opening your heart, it's, it's, a, it's a skill that has to take place where you move out of survival. Mm. So people say to me, well, I can't open my heart. I, I, don't, I can't feel love. And I say, well, what do you practice feeling? Because whatever you practice feeling, you're feeling most of the time. And that feeling could be guilt, but you're so used to it, you wouldn't even know it's guilt. It just feels like you.
Are most people practicing a feeling or are they just reacting to how they feel? Well, they're, they're, they're reacting to their external environment. What's or, happening? Or, or they're reacting to some stray thought in their mind and every thought produces a chemical. So if they have an unhappy thought, they feel unhappy. If they have a judgmental thought, it produces chemicals that makes you feel polarized, right? So how much does one thought change your chemical body? Oh, that's an interesting question. So let's just, let, let, <laughs> we'll put this on hold okay, here. Yes. So, so the stronger the emotions that we feel from the problems and conditions in our life, the more altered we feel inside of us, the more we pay attention to what's causing it outside of us. Mm. So if you have an event in your life, an experience in your life that has a strong emotional charge to it, and you don't feel like your normal self, you feel this alarm system switch on you're gonna narrow your focus on the cause and the brain's gonna take a snapshot and that's called a long-term memory, right? Mm. So then what people don't know is that every time they think about that event, they're producing the same chemistry in their brain and body as if the event was occurring. And in the, that moment. In that moment. So the highly charged event is actually producing the emotion and the body is so objective that it doesn't know the difference between the real experience that's creating the emotion and the emotion that the person is fabricating by thought alone. The body's believing. It's so objective, it's believing it's in the same environmental experience. So the strong, the highly charged emotional events, you, you, some people think of their ex and the uh -huh. thought of that person- Makes them sick. Makes them feel out of balance. Wow. So- And I, one image, one thought in their mind makes them feel out of balance. So all you need is an image and an emotion, a thought and a feeling, a stimulus and a response, and you're conditioning your body emotionally into the past. Mm. So now, the memories, and this is just not in the brain now, it's in the body, okay? So now, that thought of that person is actually creating a response in the body that's consuming the body's energy for growth and repair, consuming the body's energy to create, because in survival, it's not a time to create. In survival, it's time to run, fight, and hide. So the problem is, is that it becomes a subconscious program. It's no longer a conscious process. It now is a subconscious process. So now the body has been conditioned into resentment, into unhappiness, into fear, anxiety, whatever it is. And so you back to our concept of bringing love into your life. So you say to that person, okay, you open your heart, and they're gonna say, are you kidding me? I was injured, yeah. I was hurt. I'm not gonna do that. I'm gonna, let me see your cards first, right? <laughs> right. And once I see your cards, then I'll, then I'll open up a little bit. So, so we protect this, right? So now in, in that state of survival, the, the, the research shows that the long-term effects of those stress hormones are pushing the genetic buttons that are creating disease. The body can't live in emergency mode for mm. that period of time. So in a sense, the person is making themselves sick by thought alone. Their thoughts are making them sick, literally. So the problem is, is now the body is conditioned into the past and it's the mind. Now once the, the body- The body is the mind? The body becomes the mind emotionally. So now all of this energy is stored in the body and now the person now has to leave their unhappiness and step out into the unknown. They have to get out of the familiar feelings that has, has defined them. So they'll say, I can't really feel joy. I can't really feel love. And what they're really saying is, 
I've, I've been conditioning my body emotionally so much into the past that I can't feel anything else other than what I know. Anger, resentment, pain, yeah. suffering. Psychology calls those normal human states of consciousness. Those are altered states of consciousness. So normal states of consciousness are these kind of negative feelings? No, or? I'm saying that those states of survival, people say anger, fear, those are normal things. Gotcha. No, those are, those are in survival. Those are altered states. You're, the survival chemicals are actually knocking your brain and body out of balance. You're out of balance in that moment. Mm -hmm. And if you keep doing that, the imbalance is now the new balance. And now you're altered emotionally. So back to the concept of love. Mm -hmm. So the person can theoretically, intellectually, philosophically say, oh, I want this type of person. She's got to be this way. He's got to look this way. He's got to be like this. And they're basically saying, I want something that represents all the things that I no longer want. Right? <laughs> and so they're creating with their brain and mind, which is perfect. The problem is, is that if you can't feel the emotion of your future, your manifestation of love before it's made manifest. Like people say, well, well, when my relationship happens, when I find Mr. Right, then I'm gonna feel love. Like waiting for the outer environment to change, to take away this feeling of anger, resentment, emptiness, but they forgot that they create reality. In other words, when it finally appears that I'm gonna feel love, that's, that's cause and effect. We're waiting for something to happen. If you're feeling the lack and the emptiness, then you're keeping your relationship at arm's length because mm. you don't have the magnetic field to draw to you. So the emotions that come from these energy centers, the lower energy centers in our body do have frequencies, there's chemistry involved, but they have a different agenda. So now we ask the person, can you teach your body emotionally? what the future will feel like before it's made manifest. That means you can't wait for your relationship to feel love. You have to reverse that battleship and understand feeling love now. is going to be yeah. the magnet. And if you can hold the vision of your future, a clear intention with a coherent brain, organize signals into the field, and you could actually crack this thing open and practice getting so present in the moment Hmm. that you're not anticipating the next moment or trying to predict the future, and you're no longer romancing the emotions of your past, you can find that sweet spot of the generous present moment. The familiar past is the known emotionally. The predictable future is the habituation of autopilot being unconscious and programs. Those are both knowns. Hmm. There's only one place where the unknown exists. That's the present moment. So if you could work with your body to the point that it trusts you enough to feel so safe that you have conquered it in a certain way that it could actually relax into the present moment. And it's not worried about what's gonna happen next or what's going on around, around you or that you need to eat, you need to pee, you need to move. Right. You, you got beyond all your drives and you're, you're ready to create. That moment where you're present, if you could begin to work with your heart and start to breathe and start to practice feeling love. In the beginning, it would feel foolish or gratitude. Why would I feel love if it hasn't happened? Well, that's because you've been hypnotized mm. into waiting for your world to change to feel the, feel the emotion from the experience. Wow. But according to the quantum model, your emotion ahead of the experience, when you combine that clear intention with the elevated emotion, 
and you feel love, your body's so objective that it's actually believing, it's living in that future mm. in the present moment. And your body now is beginning to change. You are beginning to change your biology to reflect what you're about to experience in your future. So the stronger the love you feel, the more altered you feel inside of you, the more you're gonna pay attention to that picture in your mind. Stimulus, response, memory, emotion, mm. thought and feeling. But now you're remembering your future instead of remembering your past. And biologically, wow. it's actually wow. the same. How do we, remembering your future as opposed to remembering your past? Right, it's the same thing biologically. The so, body experiences the same way by thinking and imagining something that hasn't happened yet, but it will happen. Okay, well, and imagining something vividly from the past that happened. Sometimes our brains trick ourselves in thinking it happened a different way, doesn't it? Yeah, but that's, that's incidental. It's none yeah, of your business yeah. how it happened. In fact, it's in how fact, I interpret it. Exactly. It's your perception, right? So, huh. so then the, the stronger the emotion you feel from some outer experience in your life, the more altered you feel, the more the brain freezes the frame and takes a snapshot. Well, now you're freezing a frame in the outer environment. But if you're truly in the present moment and you know exactly what you want and you begin to teach your body emotion, start practicing opening that heart, it's amazing what happens. The moment that heart begins to open, we've measured this so many times, Lewis, on a, on a scan, on a, on a real-time brain scan, when the heart moves into this kind of rhythm, when you're feeling frustration, when you're feeling impatient, when you're feeling resentment, you are stepping on the gas pedal and you're stepping on the brake at the same time oh. and the heart is pumping against a closed system and it causes an erratic beat. It, it becomes incoherent and energy literally leaves the heart. Now, you no longer believe in your future. You can't put your heart into your future. You can't trust the outcome because there's no energy there. It's, it's being used and consumed somewhere else. So energy is leaving the brain as well. But once energy starts to move into the heart, we've seen this so many times, and it starts to beat in this rhythm, like banging a drum or dropping a pebble in water, pebble after pebble, the heart begins to create a wave of energy right to the brain, like, like taking a big sheet and going like that, and then all of a sudden you see this wave, wow. and the brain gets this rush of energy, and that change in brain wave patterns, that change, that wave is carrying information and the person starts to get a very clear idea. They see their future very clearly. Now, now that energy is causing them to move into very coherent alpha brainwave patterns, which is the state of creation. This is when you no longer hear the voice in your head that's talking to you, that you listen to and believe is the truth. I'm not good enough. Yeah, whatever that is. Those are, that's called the default mode. It suppresses the default mode network, and the next thing you know, you start seeing in pictures and images, you start dreaming. And that's the imagination, that's the creative state. So now, you start naturally imagining the heart is the creative center. We gotta put our heart into our future, it better be open and activated. Mm. So now, when you start falling in love with your future, oxytocin is released in the brain and in the heart. Oxytocin signals nitric oxide. Nitric oxide signals another chemical called endothelial-derived relaxing factor. And just like when your sexual organs get filled with blood because you're aroused, the same thing happens here as it would happen somewhere else. And literally, the arteries in the heart and lungs engorge. And now your heart feels full, and it's thumping in order, and you're in the present moment. Now, once that happens, and it's beating in rhythm, the heart produces an external magnetic field up to three meters wide. Now, 
You're, in survival, you're drawing from the field and turning it into chemistry. When you get energy in the heart, it's causing a change in the brain, and all of a sudden it's resetting the baseline for trauma, and now here you have a magnetic field. Now the heart is your magnet. It is, it is the center of creation. And now that, that energy is frequency. Mm. And frequency carries information. And you can lay the thought of your new relationship on that <laughs> energy because it's consistent with it. You cannot lay the thought of your new relationship in need. That's a different energy. What do you and, mean in need? Well, if you're feeling... I'm needing I'm someone needing, to love me, Yeah, of course, partner. that's a different frequency. That's a different energy. What happens when you're in a need state as opposed to an attraction state? Well, you're in lack. So mm. now you're trying, you're grasping, you're controlling, you're forcing, you're trying to predict, you're overthinking, overanalyzing, and that's how people live their relationships. So then if you are going to prepare your brain and body for a new relationship, then you would have to become love completely mm. every day. And that signal then that you're sending out into the field can carry the thought of your health, your wealth, your relationship or whatever. But here's the cool part. When the heart is activated like that and you feel so whole, so in love with life, so satisfied in the moment, so exuberant that it's impossible to want, now you're no longer in lack. <laughs> now you're so whole that you will magnetize wholeness in your life. Uh, the person who's the person that fits the mold energetically, that would be the same as you and yet complement you so that the two can become one, mm -hmm. right? And then instead of in contrast, in union, you exchange information mm. equal to that emotional state. In other words, people use each other to reaffirm their their dependence on certain emotions. You have certain people you complain with about politics or whatever, they complain back about their lives and you use each other to reaffirm, you know, some type of uh, belief or something. Belief right, or, yeah. about life emotionally. You have emotional agreements on things. Well, that, that emotion is energy and energy is frequency and frequency carries information. So you share the same energy, you share the same information, but that's what people do in their lives, but now in a true loving relationship, when you're truly in your heart, then the question is, what would love do in the relationship? And when your heart is open, it's no longer about you. Yeah. It's about how I feel so amazing with you, I feel even more amazing, but without you, I'm still whole. Mm. And so now I'm no longer in need or lack. And so now when we get together, and our fields interfere, when they start interfering, now the amplitude gets way higher and there's way more energy. And now, I mean, I'm, I'm all about all seven centers of the body lining up, all of them. And we're here in a body, let's enjoy it all, but right. come from love. And so now your heart is so open that you can't do anything else but get. One of my favorite parts about my job is that I get the opportunity to travel a lot. And in fact, I'm recording this right now while I'm in Mexico. And actually I was thinking about something that I wanted to share because I get a lot of questions from so many people about different side hustle ideas. So here's one for those of you out there that are on the go a lot like I am or traveling a lot. When you're staying in your Airbnb on your trips, have you ever thought about how you could be making extra money by hosting through Airbnb while your home is vacant? If you're interested in an extra stream of income, Airbnb hosting is an easy place to start and it's like giving your home some company while you're away. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
So listen, we all know life is full of yada yada, like those quote unquote free trials that somehow still charge your card for something or when companies have those sneaky gotchas hiding deep in the fine print. And I know you've dealt with yada yada before, like those bills that keep going up and up for no reason at all. Or when budget airlines promise a cheap fare, but then charge you for every little thing until you realize you're paying more than you would have somewhere else. And yes, it is possible to outsmart yada yada, like triple checking airline deals to make sure all you need is already included, but you don't take yada yada in life. So don't take yada yada from your wireless provider. Metro by T-Mobile has no contracts, no credit checks, no surprises, and nada yada yada. Stop by one of over 6,000 Metro stores nationwide. When you get a new car or a new home, your first reaction might be to say things like, oh yeah, or I can't believe it, or booyah. But what you really want to say is the one thing that can get you the help you need. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm is there with the coverage you need for your car, your home, and even boats, motorcycles, RVs, and other things that matter to you. With a State Farm agent, you know someone is there to help you choose the coverage you need. With so many coverage options, it feels good knowing you can find what fits for you. And when you need ways to get help, State Farm gives you options there too. Too, in person or on the phone with your local agent or on statefarm.com where their award-winning app State Farm lets you do things your way. So when you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember to say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. You feel so amazing. You're so happy with yourself, so happy with your life, so happy with what you have. You want other people to feel the same way. Mm -hmm. And you say, here, take that. And when you give now, guess what happens? you release more oxytocin, more nitric oxide, and more of those chemicals that cause the heart to swell even more. Then all of a sudden your immune system gets stronger, and all of a sudden your body starts feeling better, you start having more energy, and now it, the constructive interference between two people that are coming together in wholeness, and no longer dependence, mm. or lack, or separation, or need, is a different game. What's your definition of chemistry Connection and compatibility. All right, so <laughs> chemistry to me is is the art of getting along, flowing with each other. All right, chemistry can be created, it can be destroyed. Think about it from a team sports perspective. You can put players together, and they have to build team chemistry. So through repetition, through practice, they can get to a point of having chemistry. Yes, some people have instant chemistry. All right. But just as it was instant, it can also be broken. Instantly. Uh, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, we can start to not get along and not flow with each other very easily. Uh, things can get in the way. And again, this happens even in team sports or mm -hmm. even in the corporate arena where you have team building exercises, but then things happen that destroy the structure mm -hmm. of the business. Absolutely. So chem that's chemistry. That's chemistry. How important is chemistry? It is still very important. It is not the most important. And I say that to mean Chemistry has to be in every relationship for it to work and flourish, but it does not set the stage for everything else. All right. Connection sets the stage for everything else. So basically, if you have connection, you will be able to have chemistry and compatibility. But now let's talk about compatibility. I believe compatibility is a very logic based structure of putting two people together. It's also about we're compatible in the sense that we share values, all right? So again, you can meet someone that you are quote unquote compatible with. You guys share similar values. You guys come from even maybe the same kind of cultures. There could be a lot of things that make you guys compatible on paper. Uh -huh. 
But what, that, is, what is real compatibility? Well, to me, that is real compatibility, okay. so to speak, is, is that, yes, you guys on paper are a good fit, all right? And you guys should work. But again, without connection, it won't matter. So I would argue that a lot of marriages, let's even talk about arranged marriages, some of them were built on compatibility. Well, this person came from the right family, so we, we like this, they have a good job, they have a good education, they would be a good fit here. They share the same values. But when those two people are really alone with each other, it doesn't always hit. Which is why if you go on an online dating site, it can match two people together that are compatible on paper. Interesting. But in person, it doesn't always play out the same. Because what is missing? The, in, the chemistry or more importantly, the connection. And sometimes we might be tricked. Oh, we feel the spark of chemistry but you may not have connection, is that true? Hey, absolutely, absolutely. So you might say, oh, we're compatible on paper, everything, we have the same values, we want the same things for our life, and marriage, mm. and kids, and where family's gonna be, we have compatibility, we have chemistry, there's some type of spark here. Mm -hmm. I feel like, ooh, there's a little something down here that yeah, makes we, me feel And like we get special. along, and we know yeah. how to flow with each wow, other. it's amazing. But you're saying, if we can't find true connection, or if there isn't connection, can connection be created? No, and so that's the, that's the huge oh. distinction to me with connection. Connection cannot be created, nor can it be destroyed. It's either there or it's not. Wow. There's nothing you can do to build connection. You can build a stronger bond, you can uh, create a stronger attachment to each other, but that still doesn't mean connection is there. And, and you see this play out in situations where you have people who could ha meet each other right now, have this amazing connection. Something happens where they fall apart, they come back together years later, 10, 20 years later, and it's like they never stop talking. It just falls right back into place. It's connection. It's a deeper thing that's occurring there. Mm. To me, connection is your spirit recognizing its match. It is something that is happening beneath the surface, all right? Which is why many people who have felt connection, you can't always explain it. Connection does not always line up with the logic of compatibility. It's not always, oh, well, it makes sense because of this. No, 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 it's just there. You just feel something with this person. You feel drawn to them. It's so much deeper than anything you've ever felt. And, and consider this, you can be compatible with tons of people. You can have chemistry with tons of people. You do not feel connection with a bunch of people, period. If we were to survey people who have felt a connection in their life, you'd be lucky to find many who can say two times. Wow. The majority will say it's a one-time occurrence that has happened to them. All right, and, and, and being able to have that again, it's very difficult. Now, I don't want anyone listening to be discouraged if they did not end up with the person they had a connection with. I'm not saying it's impossible for it to happen a second time, but I will say that if you surveyed people, you would have a wow. hard time finding that many people that say it said it happened twice. When does someone know it's connection and not chemistry? Because I feel like you might be tricked we have this incredible connection, we understand each other, we get each other, I can't explain it, but I feel something. That feeling might be also chemistry at the same time, right? Yes. It might be masking Yes. if it's really connection or chemistry. So how do you know if it's true connection over, man, this is desire, connection, attraction, all these things happening at once? One, can you truly be yourself with Ooh, this person? Ooh, that's big. All right? Because again, a lot of people, they go on these dates, they're bringing their representative, and the chemistry happens on a surface level with the representatives that both sides are bringing. 
But when you actually show your true self, <laughs> now what happens? And a lot of people have not done that with their partner or the person that they're getting to know. So again, you're falling into the hype of the chemistry or the compatibility, but you're not discovering true connection being there. So you gotta be able to be yourself because real connection loves you at the core, mm. all right? You can show me all the parts of you. I still want you, all right? Number two, is can we enjoy each other with no distractions, all right? Again, what people fail to understand, and this can happen with chemistry, is that we're, we're bonding based off of the activity or the, the, the things in our environment. Meaning, all right, we, we love going out together and we do all these fun stuff and we're doing all these things, and that's great, all right? We know how to have fun together. But can we be alone in a room no TV, no distraction, no phone, just us and still love being with each other. Mm. A lot of people can't say that. A lot of people are only able to be in their relationship and tolerate their partner. And I use that word strongly, tolerate their partner because they have enough distractions in their life. They have kids, they have work, they, they have all these other things TV, going video on. games, man caves, exactly. whatever. Exactly. Yeah. All these things that pull them away from their partner that does not allow them to face the fact that, no, you really don't like each other at their core. Man. And, and so that is a huge sign of connection. That's why, like, one thing I suggested in one of my books was go on a road trip. And, and it's just a random suggestion, but go on a road trip for at least six hours, no phone, no distraction, just you and them talking will you still be happy after those six hours? A lot of people can't make it that far in a car ride with their partner, all right? A lot of people cannot be in a room with, alone with their partner and nothing else to take their attention. So you've gotta, you gotta really push those boundaries to see what do we really have here if this is really gonna be called a connection. Right, and your fear is, are you able to grow together after 10, 15 years? Is that one of the main things? Is it, so it, yeah. it's, it's, you know, it's hard to, you know, you never, you never can look that far ahead, you know, and we don't know what's in store. You may not be here tomorrow. Exactly. It's, it's a concern of, can we still give that same energy? And it's both sides, because again, I, I'm not saying, I'm not perfect. Mm -hmm. So even though I'm confident that I could do it, what if there's something that throws me off? You know, it's just that, yes, it, as time goes on, there's that test of really, putting your best foot and bringing that, that same energy that you brought in the beginning. Now, again, I think I'm holding myself to a higher standard that I think most people do because I think that a lot of people's mentality is, well, things change. Things are gonna be different. It's okay. So what? You don't go out as much anymore. People think like this, mm -hmm. but they don't realize that's why your relationship is deteriorating. Right. I don't want a deteriorated relationship. So when I think about, yes, can I be with someone past 10, 15 years if I accept a level of mediocrity? Of course. But <laughs> you don't want that. <laughs> exactly. I'm saying, can we maintain excellence mm -hmm. after these 10, 15 Fulfillment, years? Exactly. Fun, play, peace, and, yeah. happiness, joy, all these things. Because to me, what is the point of being here if we don't have it, if we're not operating at our That's highest true. level? What about what about the saying that I hear, maybe you know the line better than me, <laughs> uh, if he can't accept me at my worst, he doesn't deserve me at my best. I hate that line. <laughs> <laughs> I absolutely hate it. And I hate it because it, it, it has turned into validation for not addressing your flaws and issues, mm. all right? 
I agree with it from the standpoint of you've got to be able to handle your partner's worst moments, all right? Because we're going to all have moments. We're going to all fall. We're all going to do make a mistake. It's going to happen. Over time, it, that's just the way it is. But when you are essentially trying to say, I have a horrible flaw and you should accept it even when I want to consistently make you deal with it, no, that's not going to work for me. Yeah, that's, I can't accept that. That's yeah. not... That's not okay. And so a lot of people, that's what they're turning it into. That's it's, you not taking accountability and responsibility exactly. for growth. Exactly. Going back to, uh, okay, this is where I'm at. I don't want to address it. You just have to accept it and, or don't be with me. Exactly. You know, it reminds me of like, once upon, I don't know if they still say it, but I know at one time people would say arguing is healthy for a relationship. All right. I despise I don't know that. If I, I don't know if I agree. I, I understand that. Yeah, I just don't like that. No, at all. Can you can you communicate with with we don't agree on this, but do you have to argue? Exactly. That's my thing. Disagreement is acceptable. Disrespect is not. Ooh. All right? So Say it one more time. Disagreement is acceptable. Disrespect is not. That's good. All right? So my thing is, yes, it's okay and, and even healthy to have disagreements because we have different perspectives. We can bounce ideas off each other. We simply have to know how to navigate that and come to an official decision on things when we have those moments. But arguing, arguing says we are being disrespectful. Whether our tone is negative, the words that we're using, you know, we're getting loud, we're getting angry. We're, our, we're basically throwing negative energy at our partner. That's not healthy. There's nothing healthy about that. But a lot of people will say that because they want to validate the unhealthiness in their relationship. They don't want to mm, face the issue of, man. I need to learn how to talk to my partner better. I don't want to have to fix my tone. Why do I have to watch what I say? Because that's what an adult does. Wow. All right, grow up. Yeah, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. like I'm sorry to anyone listening to this, but that's just real. We, we can't just think it's okay, especially with our partners, to speak however we want, to, to, to throw all kinds of insults, to be disrespectful and think this is okay. Because what people are not realizing is all it takes is that one really bad argument to plant a seed of negativity that now grows into something worse in the relationship. A lot of people's issues are not the issue that they're facing in that current moment. It's the culmination of all kinds of things before then. It's the buildup from that last time you disrespected me <laughs> or made me feel some kind of way. And ever since then, I've resented you. And now in this resentment, I've given you an attitude. You didn't know what the attitude was about because I didn't communicate clearly. Mm -hmm. Now you're giving me attitude. And now you see how it turns into other things. Now that attitude turns into not having sex with each other. That attitude turns into, okay, uh, the way that we talk to each other in, in general, maybe becoming secretive because now we don't feel like dealing with each other anymore. And what you don't realize is it started from disrespectful arguing. Wow. All right. It can also start from some other stuff. All right. But arguing is a huge problem for a lot of people and we can't just keep sweeping under the rug. So going back to your point about the whole uh, take me as my, at my worst, yes, Worst moment. <laughs> not, you can have not a moment. always like this. Yeah, and once in a while, a good attitude. Exactly. Consistent negative behavior has to be addressed and corrected. So arguments are disrespect, but disagreements is okay. Is that what you yeah, said? The, the disagreement is acceptable. Disrespect yeah. is not. Yes. So you can always disagree, and you can agree to not agree. Yeah. Or you can, is that right? Agree to disagree. Yeah, agree to disagree. <laughs> but you... But what I'm hearing you say is that arguing 
saying what's on your mind in an angry, exactly. aggressive way, uh, tearing down a partner is never going to do anything good for someone. Exactly. People have to understand, whenever someone feels attacked, they will defend themselves. Even if they know they're wrong, even if the point you're making is actually solid, the way you're coming at them negates their ability to receive it. That's why even me as a speaker, my focus has been, do I want to be heard or do I want people to receive my message, mm. all right? If I want to be heard, I can speak however I want. I can be blatant with the insults. I can cut people down. I can just you know, make jokes of everybody's situation because it's just entertainment. I just want to be heard. But no, I want people to receive it. And if I want people to receive it, I have to be more considerate, more compassionate. I have to check my tone. I have to be careful with my words. And that's why if people watch my videos, they'll see I try to be very careful with my words because I want you to receive mm -hmm. what I'm saying. So if we're in a relationship, we have to take that approach. If you want them to hear you, be mindful of how you're talking to them. Why is it so hard for people? Because again, they don't, they don't want to face the, 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 or they don't want to do the work of correction, all right? And the work of correction can entail the healing and, again, facing those issues. Um, it's also conditioning. If people have been brought up in households and environments where this is how they talk to each other, it's, it's very... It's hard to change Yeah, yeah. It, it's foreign to now speak in a more loving and positive <laughs> way. It's foreign to sit and be quiet and listen, all right? So now they have to reprogram themselves, and that's a lot of work. Um, and, and I think also the acceptance of the way you're communicating is wrong. Mm. People don't like to face that they were wrong. It, it, they don't want to have to accept that. So it's, no, I have to dig an even deeper hole and, 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 and stick with this whole negative approach of how I do things because, no, they, they, there's nothing wrong with this. Or I see other people do it, but, you know, they're fine. No, they're not fine. They're not okay. You know, so I think those reasons, just overall, they don't want to have to do the work. And so they rather make excuses for it. So it sounds like, again, we go back to step one, healing. Always. If you can learn to heal, you can start to improve the quality of your choices, dating someone in a relationship or getting out quicker. You can be an, a better, uh, more effective communicator in relationships, whether you're dating or in a, in a long-term committed relationship. You can have uh, a better relationship overall with yourself when you heal and with someone else. What happens when we don't show our 100% authentic self to someone in the beginning um, and we reveal that six, 12 months later? Yeah. What happens? Well, they're really, they're really shocked. Like, I didn't know you were like that. I had no idea because they've fallen in love with a version mm -hmm. that you showed them that isn't even you. And, and we forget the truth. Vulnerability is the basis of friendships and indeed relationships. When you're yeah. vulnerable, you know, people love you for you. It, it, when you're sick, when you have a bad day, they will say, then you know who your friends are. But if you pretend you're okay, I see that a lot with people who run a business, always pretend everything's fine. They never tell anyone they're lonely. And then we mm. realize, like that great DJ who killed himself, was it Avicii? Avicii, yeah. Who, who never told anyone, mm. I'm falling apart here. Was it? Not Bon Jovi, who was it? Van Halen, Eddie Van Halen. Mm -hmm. There's so many people in, in the media who think, I've got to pretend I'm great. I can't nice. say I'm lonely, I'm sad, I'm lost. They often let you know through their songs. Look at Prince. I mean, mm -hmm. that's so sad that he was so lonely. Yeah. But they feel that if they tell us, we'll see them as weak. 
and needy when in fact the basis of friendship is if you're vulnerable and I am, I like you because you're showing me who you really are. And I can love your very soul because I know you. But if I'm in love with an illusion, then it can't work because I don't even know who you are. Wow. How old were you when you started to realize that, that you're lovable? Mm, I think in my, a long time, maybe, I remember when I was 18, I had this really lovely boyfriend. He'd always say, you know, I I love the way you look. And I remember saying to my mom, I I haven't got a personality. I really believed I had no personality because I love your hair. I love your body, mm. but I heard that he, I didn't have any character whatsoever, and that really bothered me. So I think, um, you know, it's so weird, because when you change so much, you can hardly recognize the person you are. I, looking back, I'd say, really, my 20s, maybe mid, maybe even later than my mid-20s. Mm-hmm. It was only working with my clients over and over again and seeing what was wrong with them that I began to realize, oh, that's what's wrong with everyone. Yeah. And I began to see all of my clients, they could only ever have one of three things wrong with them. What's that? Well, the first one was, I'm not enough. That was the biggie. I, every client I saw, whether they were a nursery school teacher or they worked in a store or they were a billionaire CEO or a movie star, they all had the same thing. I'm not enough. And so I've got to earn love or buy love or keep being a bigger, better deal to get. Range Rover Sport leads by example. Picture this, assertive on-road performance meets commanding all-terrain capability. That's the third generation Range Rover Sport, which is the most desirable, advanced, and dynamically capable one yet. This vehicle redefines sporting luxury, offering an instinctive drive with engaging on-road dynamics and effortless composure. Now available in sleek, new stealth pack, Carpathian gray exterior wrapped in satin protective film with black accents and black brake caliper. Inside the Range Rover Sport, advanced cabin technologies like active noise cancellation and cabin air purification offer new levels of comfort and refinement. And let's not forget about the award-winning Pivi Pro infotainment system. Enjoy a dynamic drive and total comfort with optional 22-way adjustable heated and ventilated electric memory front seats with massage function. Wow, that's like a spa day while on the go. Design your Range Rover Sport at LandRoverUSA.com. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. Like when you're trying to buy tickets for the best seat at your favorite team's big game or when you're hiring for your business and you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. With ZipRecruiter, you can find qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com greatness. ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology takes center stage to identify top talent for your roles. Immediately after you post your job, ZipRecruiter's smart technology starts showing you qualified people for it. And I believe finding the right team member is one of the most important steps in setting up my company for success. We like to ensure our new hires will be a good fit before they're even on the team. So I am grateful that I have ZipRecruiter's help when we want to grow the team fast. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. Again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash greatness. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Love. 
And that's so easy to fix. You just go, you just take the I'm the not out. I am enough. I always have been, always will be. And you have, you see, the lie is mm-hmm. every day you tell yourself I'm not enough. You don't know you're doing it. You get up and go, look at me. I don't look right. I, didn't, I messed that up. I didn't leave enough time to get here. My kids aren't perfect. That mm-hmm. client is annoyed. So every day, over and over again, you're telling yourself you're not enough. Yeah. And you just have to take out the not and go, I am enough. If I'm prepared to lie to myself every single day, over and over again, why not have a better lie? I'm enough. It doesn't have to be true. People say, you know, my legs are the size of tree trunks. Well, clearly that can't be true. Mm -hmm. This is killing me. This is making me crazy. This is driving me insane. None of these things are true, but if you're prepared to lie, at least have a better lie. I have great coping skills. This is a challenge, but I've got it. I can rest at the weekend. I've got this. Right. I've got great, great, I have great coping skills is a great lie. Because if you say it enough, it actually becomes true really fast. (laughs) Something I say a lot, you're never given anything that you can't cope with. Or if I got a lot on, well, I'll rest at the weekend. Mm -hmm. I, I can deal with this. I've got this. This is fine. This is okay. So the first thing wrong with people is always I'm not enough. And if you feel like that, remember, you weren't born with it. You're in great company. And just let it go because it's not true. Mm -hmm. The second thing wrong is this belief that I'm different so I can't connect. And that's kind of a modern day illness. You know, if if you're in a tribe, you would connect because you'd know that you're all interrelated. You look the same. But the, this belief I'm different, so I can't connect, is... Um, is it I can't connect or, or people don't understand me? No, it's when you, you connect by being the same. You know, we're primitive okay. people. We connect by being the same. So if you're different, it's very hard to connect because you feel different. And when mm-hmm. you feel different, you can't connect. But then you have to remember the truth. If that's your greatest fear, mm-hmm. it's most people's greatest fear. So if you look at E.T., he, couldn't, he connected to Elliot, mm-hmm. but he couldn't connect. And he had to go home because he had to be with his people. Mm. So Why is that such a big fear for people? Well, of I, connecting. I'm, yeah, I'm different, so I can't connect. Mm. Isn't, well, isn't different good in a lot of ways? Like being mm, unique and being different? Unique. Well, the answer is yes and no. When you're a little kid, you go, you go I like SpongeBob SquarePants. I, I like green pasta. I, I like Dr. Zeus. And we connect by being, I got a friend and mm. they like what I like. Gotcha. So when we're little, we connect by being the same. And our, our DNA understands that we are hardwired to find connection and avoid rejection because that's how you make it as a mm. child. You find connection, whether it's your little kitten clinging onto your leg, your dog wanting you not to leave the house a baby holding on so tightly to mum, you understand the truth. If I'm connected, I will survive. And if I'm disconnected, I will die. Mm. Because, you know, imagine 100 years ago, you couldn't produce milk for your baby or 500 years ago. We understood that connection was what made us live and disconnection killed us. Why every culture would practice banishment or isolation or marooning or casting out. So connection makes us survive. Especially as adults? Yeah. Okay, so we need to feel connected. Yeah, and if you listen to all those songs, I'll die if you leave me. Mm-hmm. My world is empty without you. I can't live with, I can't breathe without you. Okay. And to this day, you know, schools understand that someone trolls you, someone ostracizes you. 
kids, you know, cut you out of the group. Mm -hmm. They don't speak to you. So our greatest fear is if I'm different, I can't connect. But if you go back to that, everyone's fear is being different. So if you have that fear, it actually means you're the same. Mm. And connection ah. is a choice. You can connect to anyone all over the world, whatever their race, religion, creed is. The problem is that we, we don't see that. We still disconnect people. You know, we saw that a lot with the Boston bombers. They were so disconnected from society that that turned into hatred. And it's really important at schools to look at these disconnected kids and to bring them back. You know, if you look at the whole jail system in Finland, it's all about reconnect. We don't put them in isolation and then send them back out into the world crazy and full of anger. We reconnect. And so our greatest fear as humans is to be disconnected. So how do we reconnect if we feel like our friend group has pushed us away, our yeah. family has sent us sure. away? And how do we feel connected well, if we are? Well, sometimes you've got to find a new group. I mean, well, you know, your family are just what, what I call your original family. You can have an, you know, first of all, you have your nuclear family, mum, dad, brother, sister, auntie, uncle, grandma. But then when you get married, they become your extended family. Mm. And so you can always create a family. So don't go back to the old tribe that hurt you and expect them to get better. I think mm. a lot of our problems is I expect my mum suddenly to become wonderful. She was always mean and hostile, but I expect her to be kind and lovely. She's got old now. Aren't old ladies sweet? No, sometimes they're still cranky. A right. bitter cranky person doesn't become sweet when they're 80. And often the belief is, I gotta go back to my family and make them love me when there's a whole world out there to love you. Right. And if people hurt you, not always intending to, and you keep going back to them, but they can't always make it better. It's like, you know, if, you, if your family had that capacity to love you with a cup, but my capacity is Olympic swimming pool, I can't expect that to fill me up. Mm. I can fill them up, they can't fill up me. If I have a little, if my parents have a shot glass capacity to give me love, and I've got the ocean capacity, how can a shot glass fill up the ocean? Yeah. Stop going back to people that hurt you and find, there are people all over the world that will love you yeah. and fill you up, but right. we keep going back to the hurters, expecting them to make it better. Right. They're often so hurt they can't. <clears throat> And they often do things like, well, you know, people like us, we don't have that. And mm. look at those people. We're not like that. So it's, I feel different. You know, if your dad was the town drunk, if you didn't have a dad and everyone else did, if you had money and everyone else didn't or vice versa, you, we buy in very early to this, I'm different, mm. I'm different. And you're not different, you're the same. So you have to stop looking for what makes you different because that's the confirmation bias. Whatever you look for, you're going to find it. I mean, I was a principal's daughter. I felt different the day I went to school and my whole child, because my dad was the headmaster. And that was actually horrible. I realize now that was not a good thing. Mm -hmm. But I was always looking for what made me different. And then it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. I kept looking for it. Plus, mm. you know, I could hypnotize people and that made me feel even more different. And <laughs> I had this kind of ability to work out what's wrong with someone really quickly. And that's both good and bad, it's actually good. But whatever you look for, you will find whatever you are moving towards, you'll get more of. Mm. If you look for why your head is killing you, or say, I'm a bit dehydrated, I'm gonna drink some water, rub some lavender on my head, I'll be fine in 20 minutes. You have gotta decide where you're going. And if you look for what makes you different, 
you will find it over and over again. But mm -hmm. if you say, well, why don't I look for what makes me the same? We're all the same somewhere. Then you'll find that too. And it can be very hard if you're dealing with someone who's violent or aggressive or acting out. But if you can look for what makes you the same and not different, it really changes your life because then yeah. you can't be disconnected. Right. And you can go all over the world. You can hang out with tribes. You know, my friend was in Rwanda with the gorillas. And actually, if you think you're like them, I, I did this thing of walking with wolves. And the first thing you must do is you have to crouch down. You mustn't bare your teeth. You can't wear wool. And the wolf comes up and it decides that you're a wolf. And then you go for a walk and it keeps rounding you back up. If you walk away, it takes you back into the mm. wolf pack because it thinks you're one of them. And if you can make a wolf think you're one of them or a gorilla, <laughs> right. then of course you can do it with people. But mm. you have to start from, I'm like you, you're like me. I'm the same as you and I can connect with you somewhere, somehow. Yeah. Stop looking for what makes you different and look for what makes you the same because it really is life-changing. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and it inspired you on your journey towards greatness. Make sure to check out the show notes in the description for a full rundown of today's show with all the important links. And also make sure to share this with a friend and subscribe over on Apple Podcasts as well. I really love hearing feedback from you guys. So share a review over on Apple and let me know what part of this episode resonated with you the most. And if no one's told you lately, I want to remind you that you are loved, you are worthy, and you are matter. And now it's time to go out there and do something great.